So we've been sharing with you the last several weeks about uh, God's love for the lost. Yes. You know, we, we think about Chris, or Christmas, Easter's coming up. <laughs> yes, yeah. everybody's getting it. I've been with her years and decades, and now she's finally getting it. <laughs> We're going to celebrate what in two weeks? Easter, the resurrection of Christ. Yeah. And just meditating, we should be meditating, reading, read the accounts yes. in the Gospels of you know, the cross and the resurrection, and because this is really the crux of our faith, the resurrection of Christ. Hallelujah. And and yet we know many, many people around us. Just look around at the world. Many, many people are far from God. Yeah. The Bible calls them lost sheep. And God cares about the lost sheep. A, a few weeks ago, we talked about the parable that Jesus told about the shepherd who left the 99 in his flock to go after the one who wandered away. And so sometimes we could look at a person, and depending on what their life looks like, it's like, eh, are they, is, a, is it, this person important? You know, the world pushes big, the Hollywood sized, everything is, whatever is large is special and valuable, but God cares about the one. He amen. cares about each one of us. Thank God. Amen. <laughs> you know. And so we talked about how sheep need a shepherd, too, to lead us and guide us through this life that we don't have the determination on our own to make our own path. So it's important for us as believers to have a shepherd, and it's important for the people that are lost to come into the flock and Amen. have a shepherd. Um, and then last week we said, well, why? What, what, what's so important about all of this? What's at stake? A lot is at stake. Yes. There's heaven to gain, as they say, and hell to shun. There's hell is at stake. Yes. Because there are only two places Scripture says that we will go. It's, you know, for man wants to die, and then there's a judgment, and you go to eternal life or eternal death. And so there's big stakes yes. uh, at risk here. And God's made a way for any person to be saved. Anyone, Scripture says, who calls upon the name of the Lord in faith yes. will be what? Saved. Saved, yeah. If they, if they repent and believe in what the message of the cross is, what Jesus did for us, the forgiveness of sin that we all need, and the promise then of resurrection life. He, he makes our life new. We become spiritually alive to him. We have a relationship with him. And we creation. escape hell. Yes. This is what's at stake. And so you and I have been sent out to tell people the good news. Like Jesus in the Great Commission said, go into all the world. It wasn't a suggestion. It was actually a, a commandment, a commission yes. for us to go into the world. So you and I, this is John 17, 18. You could look it up. We have it right here on the screen. It's if you a great look scripture. It up. That's a great chapter to read. That's Jesus' high priestly prayer for you. We've been sent into the world, into a lost and dying world. Jesus said this, just as you sent me, he's talking to his father. Our father. His father, our father. Hallelujah. Yeah. Just as you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. So we've all been commissioned. We are the hands, we're the feet, we're the heart, and the voice, yeah, we're the mouthpiece of yes. Christ in the earth. We are the Jesus that people will see. That's right. And so everyone, Scripture says, who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. But we looked at this Scripture too. Well, how can they believe if they've never heard? Right. Right? And so people have to be sent. This is part of the Scripture that people are sent. And we are sent. Yes. Romans 10, 15 says this. How beautiful are the feet of yeah. those who bring good news. So you and I are the people who are to bring good news to people in the world who are lost and far from God. Come on. You have beautiful feet, whether you have a pedicure or not. You know? <laughs> I mean, that's the title of our message today. <laughs> feet that bring good news. Common feet, ordinary yes. feet. That's right can go into the world and bring good news to people. And so let's just pray. Father, uh, Lord, we love you. We love yes. your presence. We thank you for 
the help, the presence of the Holy Spirit is with us this morning. We trust your leadership. You have perfect leadership of our life. We thank you that you are our good shepherd, Lord. And I ask you, Father, to help that just open up our hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit. Open up our eyes, Lord, to see the love that you have for the lost and even to recognize the people around us that your heart has compassion for, that yes. you want us to reach out to them with the love of God from our own heart so that they can be touched and changed by your love and come into salvation. Hallelujah. And so we thank you. Holy Spirit, do work in us. Our ears are open yes. to hear your voice in this message. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. So do you notice, and I'm sure you do, the lost people around you? <laughs> They're hurting. People are confused. Yep. People are angry. People have been quite fearful. I, I see people, you know, wearing masks in their, you know, 100 feet away from anybody. They're out in fresh air and still wearing a mask. And I think mm. people are afraid. They're afraid of the whole COVID thing. And I think it's put people under just fear in general of life in a lot of different ways. And everybody in, the, in that sense is needing a touch from God. They're needing touch from the, of the love of God, the yeah. hope of God, yeah. even the safety of coming under the power of God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And some of these statistics that we've been reading recently, like four out of five people believe in America, believe that things are out of control. The world is out of control. And 44, this is another stat, 44 of Americans have no idea where they're going to go when they die. 44% of America. 44%. That's, that's a lot of people if you ask them. Do you know where you're going to go when you die? They, they Still a good shoulders. question. Yeah. And so we've been challenging you um, to get our eyes open to the people around us that need to hear the good news, that yes. need to understand the hope that we have in Christ, and reach out to them. Just begin, we're going to talk about some of this today. How do we begin to share our faith a little bit with people, just in simple ways? Mm -hmm. I think it's a lot simpler than sometimes we realize. Who's going through a tough time around, around you that you know, that doesn't know anything about God? Jesus said the fields are white unto harvest. That's he right. said that a couple thousand years ago. We've got about 8 billion people in the earth. And probably, I don't know, maybe a billion are saved. Who knows? I don't know the number, but I know it's far fewer are saved and have a relationship with Christ than the people that don't. That's right. And so 78, this is another stat, 78% of unchurched people, it, is, it was said, would listen to somebody if they shared what they believe about Christianity with them. Read that so again. the majority, 78% of people would listen to someone who shared what they believe about Christianity. So it's go. not as though necessarily people just say, I don't want to hear it. Don't talk to me about this. Most people yeah. would say, well, all right. Maybe they're not going to say, I actually believe it, but they'd say, I'll, I'll listen to what you have to say. Mm -hmm. And so this is what our challenge is. Will we share our faith? Invest in somebody's life. Look at them like with the yeah. eyes of compassion that Jesus would. And begin to have a relationship and it does take some investment of time correct uh 70 percent is another stat i'm full of stats statistics this morning 70 percent of unchurched people listen to this one 70 percent of unchurched people have never been invited to church in their whole life isn't that scary 70 percent of people 70 percent of unchurched people have never even been invited to church their People whole life waiting for an invitation yeah and we're going to have some fun stuff happen here in mile one right pastor ben on easter some great stuff for kids so it's a it's a it's an opportunity mm -hmm. to invite a family people with kids say hey we're going to have some fun stuff for kids over there for their own ministry right so, so today we want to give you some practical steps some some practical ideas on how to share your faith. How do I actually get started? Because I think this is what sort of starts to make people nervous. What do I say? How do I get into these conversations, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like you get terrified of it. And for people 
with a more evangelistic gift, somebody who's more extroverted, they just naturally go out and talk to people, it can be easier, right? But if your gifting is more around, or if you feel like you're more of an introvert, your gifting is more around serving, I like to just be behind the scenes, mm -hmm. I like to help, let somebody else, that phrase used to be, you catch them all, clean them idea, like you catch them, <laughs> you, know, you bring them in and I'll disciple them. Or maybe you, you, you like to teach, like my gift is more teaching, I used to say that, you catch them all, clean them, I'll talk to them after you do that. Or maybe your gift is whatever, organizing behind the scenes or arts. And you, it's so, so talking about sharing your faith can f automatically feel like, oh, I'm getting a little bit nervous. How do I do this? And, and I say we can become intimidated because I understand, I, you know, as we were called into ministry, even just getting up and talking in front of people was like, I'm not doing it, Lord. Yeah, that was, not do it. that was hard. <laughs> yes, you are. And, you know, we've been given, giving altar calls. We call them altar calls at the end of every service since the beginning of the church. That was like 17 years ago, uh -huh. I think we counted. And almost every service, probably 98% of the time, but that, for me, was one of the hardest parts. I didn't mind so much putting together the teaching part, but to get to that end, it was like, how do I summarize the gospel and make a, help people make a response from their heart to what the gospel message is? And there's often a spiritual tension yes, always. That, that comes into the atmosphere. You might, well, if you've ever sat in a service, and maybe you gave your life to Christ here in this church, you can sometimes feel like, oh, like, I want to raise, like, because we'll say, raise your hand before God and just tell him. Anybody who's done that, have you not felt spiritual tension? Should I do it? No. Somebody's going to see what I'm doing. <laughs> I want to, but I don't want to. It's a spiritual war going on is That's really correct. what it is. So we have to understand, we talk about spiritual warfare, the devil's real. Mm -hmm. These tensions are real in the spirit. And this is why I think a lot of churches don't do it, a lot of pastors don't do it, because it just makes you feel uneasy. You just don't know quite how to navigate through that. And I think to myself, well, we're all called to be ministers of reconciliation. Right. And truly, a pastor in a pulpit has the primary opportunity to do it. You have everyone's attention. It's really a great time to do it. And over the years, I mean, we've counted hundreds of people through oh, this man. church that have given their life to Christ, that have responded that way. And I think to myself, well, for one thing, people invited them. How did that happen? Yeah. Well, somebody invited them usually. Sometimes people just come because they find us online. But somebody invited them to church. And they had an opportunity to hear. Yes. And I think about, imagine all those lost opportunities for salvation if our approach was, it just makes me feel uncomfortable. I just leave that to somebody else. Oh, man. And it's the same for you. Because you're going to reach people that will never maybe walk into the doors of this church at first. Right. A lot of times, people's salvation begins many, many contacts outside the church, in the workplace, yep. in the neighborhood, you know, somebody you see frequently at, at the bank, the a bank teller yeah. or something. Yeah. And so we're all called to be ambassadors for him. And this is, this is why we're doing these messages. We sort of want to awaken ourselves that we all have feet, beautiful yeah. feet that can bring good news. Yeah, we have to break through that spiritual barrier of, well, I, I just don't feel comfortable. And yeah. what we have to understand, it's not about your comfort. It's about God's yeah. desire for the lost. Yeah. That's where you've got to jump the track. Don't just keep thinking, well, I feel uncomfortable. Yeah. No, think about God's desire for this lost person. Yeah. Uh, once again, you and I are called to be ambassadors for a kingdom that will set up here on this earth soon. It is forever. We've got to remember what's at stake. What is at stake? It's heaven or hell, and it's all eternity. For you're, Once you are in hell, you're never getting out. And right now, we know people, like Pastor Mamie said, 
Do you know any lost people? Well, they're all over the place. They're all over. <laughs> but when you give them an opportunity, when you, when you speak to them about a simple testimony, you give them an opportunity to know the one you love. You give them an opportunity to come to Jesus. Uh, if we don't speak up, you know, we don't want these people to die in their sin. Because that's, that's going to be the sentence. And you and I know these people. We don't want anybody to go to hell. We want not one person. When you speak, you give certain people an opportunity to know Jesus Christ, to be forgiven of their sin, to become a new creation. It's a spiritual reality. When you surrender your life to Jesus Christ, what happens, that spirit man on the inside, the hidden man of the heart that's in you, it's in every single person, gets born again. The power of the Holy Spirit recreates that inner man. The real you. And they might not know it. None of these people really sometimes even know that the biggest thing they need is salvation. It's not money. It's not. It's salvation. And it's not just for extroverts. It's not just for Bible scholars. Once again, you have been anointed by God to live in this time period. In this age, at this time, he has gifted you to be an ambassador for him. And again, what Pastor Mamie says, well, she didn't say it, but (laughs) I mean, Jesus said it. (laughs) He commands us to go. Once again, it's not a suggestion. There are 1,500 commands in the New Testament, and this is one of them. Go. And if he says go, God is not unjust. And if he's asking you to do something, he's gifted you to do it. Yeah. Really, people you know are waiting to hear you tell them about your experience with Jesus. They're waiting for you and I to step out in faith and present the gospel. They're waiting for our simple uh, testimony. Listen, you don't have to know the Bible, all the Bible, to be a witness for Christ. Yeah. You, you know, people are what? Hungry for love. Do you know the Bible says the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart? Yeah. One of the reasons is that is so that you can experience God's love for yourself. The other reason for that is for you to give that love away to someone else. So we want to tell the world about Jesus Christ. And I want us to remember some things. Like like Jesus says, 2,000 years ago, he said, the field is ready for harvest. And he said, but the laborers are few. He said, pray the Lord of the harvest that he would send laborers out into his harvest to gather in people you know, people I know. I love that statistic. 78% of unchurched people would listen to someone who shared what they believe about Christianity. That's 80% of the people. 80% will listen to you. And we are commanded to go into all the world to tell the good news. Commanded. We have beautiful feet. Look at your feet. Man, they look good, don't they? Hmm. That's even if you have white socks on. If I wear white socks, I look like a grandpa, she says. (laughs) I am a grandpa. I guess he's allowed to look like one. All right. Once again, you don't need any, any special training. People are starving for love. And the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart, and you can love the unlovely. You can love the people who've hurt you. Look at this next. Look at this next uh, slide. This is important. I want us to read this together. One, two, three. 
Sharing your faith is a team effort. Did you ever think of that? Usually when you're there witnessing, you, you think it's all about you. That's when you yield your heart to Jesus. That the Holy Spirit will speak through you. All you have to do is have faith in that. But Pastor Mamie said it. It takes 10 to 20 contacts with real Christians. Hello. Good contacts, hopefully. <laughs> Good experience. That's why I said real, real Christians. <laughs> Before a person gives their life to Christ. It is a team effort. You know it? Don't get discouraged when you're witnessing and somebody doesn't just simply fall on their knees and just, or somebody, listen, I've never had anybody come running up to me and said, show me the way of salvation. (laughs) (laughs) I suppose if I sang at midnight and my feet were in stocks, I could be like Paul and Silas and that would work, but I wouldn't want to go through that personally. (laughs) It's a team effort. Once we get that idea, it's a team effort. It's a team effort to get somebody born again. Yeah, and it could be, you know, one team player here, another team player somewhere across town. Yeah. At a gas station and another one. These team players don't have to know one another. Right. The Holy Spirit knows it's, them. But you know, could all... you imagine if the church gets on fire with this? I mean, really, if every single one of us gets on fire for this and we just start sharing our testimony, you know, you might walk into a store and just you've got a smile on your face and they might say, well, what's up with you? They say, my sins are forgiven. <laughs> and yours can be too. It could be fun. It could be fun. See, now, a pastor's job, our job is to help equip you so that you can do the work of the ministry. So that's what we're doing today. And you know, everything that we've let, we spoke about builds up to this point so that we can do the work of the ministry. If, if this church alone gets ignited about sharing their testimony, I mean, if we become ablaze with it, I'm not saying we become arrogant. I'm not saying we become obnoxious. We just are who we are. That's it. We're who we are, and we're going to speak about our Savior. If this church gets on fire for that, man, we could change this whole city. Yeah. yeah. We could. So we want to just share some simple steps or just to help you gain confidence, help us all to gain confidence, to care yeah. about. To, how do we go about reaching out to people? Well, first of all, the first step is prayer. Yeah. Pray. Prayer. This is so important. Uh, James 5.16 says this, the earnest prayer, excuse me, of a righteous person has what kind of power? Great, great power. power. It contains great power, and it'll produce wonderful results when we pray in faith. I like that, wonderful results. The earnest prayer of a righteous person, and you've been made righteous in Christ if you're a believer. Yes. So he's talking about Jesus. you. And so we cannot forget prayer we cannot go just go out and think that our own effort in our own mm-hmm. strength is going to change a person's heart come on we are relying on the holy spirit to help us and so we have to ask the holy spirit and pastor steve was just talking about this to help us share the love of god with people because this agape love you know it's this unconditional love mm-hmm. that god has given us we have to pray, Lord, you, just like what you said, your love's been shed abroad in my heart. Help me to express that love to people today. Help me, Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. That's a simple prayer of faith. Because people want to know that you care about them. They don't want to feel like you're a project. Well, I'm here to you know, try <laughs> to help you to know the God that I know, and you know, you're working on them like a project. No. They want to know that you really do care. Yeah. And so we just need to be genuine. But sometimes that genuineness has to be prayed into us, too. If we've been shut down, if we've just been thinking about ourselves, even a message like today, all of a sudden you go, you know, I need to be thinking more outwardly. Yes. I need yeah. to be reaching out more. And so help me, Holy Spirit. This is how our, these are how our simple prayers begin. And I think that 
I think, look at Jesus, and we, we mentioned this scripture some weeks ago about how when he looked out over the crowds, he saw them as yeah. confused and helpless without a shepherd, and it said he had compassion on them. Hello. And so there is a compassion that can rise up in our heart if we pray and ask the Lord, help me to see people around me with your eyes. Let, your, let the love that you have in me, you know, come forth. And so that's the first part. We want, we want to remember that we need to pray that we would have a heart for somebody. Because the more that you look at somebody and you do this, the more that your heart is inclined to see their need. Yes. And then there's just more, I, I think, desire to speak out. And so often with prayer, prayer is preparing the other person's heart. We want to pray that the Holy Spirit soften their heart. Yes. Because you can look at somebody's life and go, man, they're confused and they're looking for the answers in the wrong places. And so you begin to pray, God, help them uh, to sense their need for spiritual direction. Yes. Holy Spirit, open up their eyes. And this, these are simple things to pray, but very powerful things to Amen. pray. Soften their heart so that if I begin this conversation, their heart is soft. They're, they're willing, we say, to listen, but yes. they even have more, their ears are even more opened than they might be. <clears throat> and so we want to also pray then that God would prepare their heart. We want to pray that God would prepare the timing. Yes, Sometimes of these things. Yeah, yeah. That we would have divine appointments, if you will. Because as you begin to pray, God begins to organize the timing that you, somebody crosses your path. Yes. You don't know how this happens. But these are all supernatural things. And we have to believe in the power and help of the Holy Spirit that he's in us. Yes. He's the one directing our path. He's the one directing their path. And so we pray for these divine appointments. And then we anticipate them. There. Because then you go there. out every day. That's if really you start important. to pray for somebody, then you're in your mind as you're going to work, you're not just thinking about what you have to do at work. You, if you've been praying Come for on. somebody, then the thought comes, I don't know, maybe today, Lord, you range away. Maybe I'll meet them somehow in the hall or in an office and who knows. But it heightens your own spiritual awareness rather than just being all about me, yep, all yep. about me. <laughs> and it's easy to just be all about me and what I'm thinking about and what's going on in my family. And so we pray about an opportunity yes. that we would have. And then we're more aware of the prompting. Uh, you just go through your day and it's like the Holy Spirit is there and then that little whisper comes, say something now. There they are. <laughs> and you just say something now. All right. It's just that simple. But sometimes we just have to have our spiritual, our own spiritual awareness yes. heightened right? so that God can ignite some of these things in our heart. And we speak, we act upon it. That's a great prayers to pray is the Ephesians prayers, opening our eyes of our understanding, open our inward eyes, our spiritual eyes. Let us be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And we need to ask the Holy Spirit, and okay, Holy Spirit, I'm getting this. Per I think that this is the person you want me to talk to. And then you're going to say, I'm asking you to help me now deliver what they need. Give me the words, because he will. The Bible declares he will. He'll give you the words to speak to this individual so I can share my testimony. Something like how you came to know Christ. See how easy that is? <laughs> Make your testimony simple, really simple. You might not have very much time, but, you know, if you make it simple and, and you're sincere, you, you're expressing your faith to somebody, there's a spiritual power that actually goes out and that in, individual can recognize it. Why? Because we've asked the Holy Spirit to help us. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit knows the hearts of all men, yeah. you know. Just simply tell, ask, this is how God changed my life. This is how he changed my life. This is how he helped me in my marriage. This is help, how he helped me get free from uh, my addiction. This is how he, he helped me from all my fears that I've had. He's helped me. I've got favor on my job now because of God. I prayed and asked, and he gave me the favor that I was looking for. 
He gave me direction so that I don't keep stumbling through life. These are some of the suggestions just to bring into your own testimony. Simple things. But you know what? Nobody can, nobody can attack your personal experiences. Now, they might, they might attack the Bible and the Word of God, but when you're saying, this is what he did for me, they can't say, oh, no, he didn't. <laughs> this is what he did for me. Yeah. And then you could even say, you know, you know what? I never thought that I would be doing this, but he gave me the ability to come and do this. And so I'm blessing other people by the gift that he gave me. I didn't even know I had it. See, this is the things. There's, there's so many things about you could tell about the goodness of God in your life. Yes. Amen. I mean, really. Yeah. There's so much nutty stuff that's happening right now. And like Pastor Mamie said, four out of five people in America, in America, believe this country's a mess. That's four out of five people. I know everybody in here knows the country's a mess. <laughs> but there's so much bad stuff. But in that conversation, you can tell something that God has done in your life. Yeah. You know what that would do to a conversation? Yeah. You would change that conversation. Yeah. And again, if it's a team effort. Yeah. You don't have to have a conversation that just wraps up the whole deal. Now, are you ready to receive Jesus? It's like, no. <laughs> it's like, you know, God help me. I used to be afraid of whatever. You just tell your little testimony like that. We say testimony yeah. doesn't mean, well, on February 27th, you know, I was at <laughs> church. It's just, I remember when I used to be so fearful. And then I, I just started to see what God said in his word. Mm -hmm. Something that simple. And I began to trust him. And it's amazing how my life is... I just don't live with that kind of fear. That's all. Yeah. A person yeah. just can walk away. You don't, we don't think that might be much, but it has an effect. This is where the power of the Holy Spirit comes in. It's Plants like, it right take my life, heart. take yeah. my words, Lord, and let them, you know, let them hear you through what I'm saying. You don't have another, to say, thus says the Lord. <laughs> I mean, that, let's get so, real. What did he do in your life? And remember, prayer is major. Again, I love this scripture. It says, the earnest prayer of a righteous person. Once again, Pastor Mamie clarified that. How many people born again in this room? All right, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're not a sinner saved by grace. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Let's get that straight. Well, you are a sinner saved by grace. But well, once you, grace gets, you I mean, were. True, right? you, <laughs> you were. You were. Yes. You were. You were. I'm. Yeah, you're right. And I'm if you're right. in here and you're not a Christian, you're still a sinner. But I'm telling you, we're inviting you to come into the relationship with Jesus Christ because right. you'll find. But look at what, <laughs> look what it says. Prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces, I like this, wonderful results. So if, if you're praying... For this person, and you're praying for yourself, asking, help me to give a simple testimony. Guess what it does? You're going to find wonderful results. Yeah. That's so the awesome. second thing, because we have some testimonies we oh. want to be sure we have Are we time running for. Out of time? As we, second is do, do a simple act of kindness for somebody. Yeah. It's amazing what a little act of kindness can do to just open the door. See, again, the act of kindness doesn't yep. mean I'm closing the deal on salvation. It just means I care about you. I see yeah. your life. You're valuable. A plate of cookies to somebody, maybe somebody across the street where you live, you know, has somebody, a loved one has passed away, and you think, mm -hmm. I'll just make him a little batch of brownies and just say, hey, I heard, and I'm sorry. And so here's you know, here's just something for you. I hope it helps. Yeah. And then you could even use that as an opportunity. Can I pray for you for, for something? Yeah. But just any act of kindness. Watch somebody, the neighbor dog for, for a, a day or something. Or, mow, I don't know, mow somebody's grass, half of their grass. Do something that just shows, hey, I see your life. 
I'd like to be a blessing to you. Mm -hmm. People are happy then to talk to somebody who does an unexpected favor to That's them, right. right? Yeah, yeah. And mm -hmm. again, I mean, this, I wrote this down. Someone said this somewhere along the way. Shake the tree gently, and if the fruit doesn't drop easily, don't force it. You'll damage the fruit. Like, in other words, you're just doing, like, yeah. you're not, again, trying to just make salvation happen. You're just doing an act of kindness if they want to enter into a conversation. Great. If not, you've been somebody who's just taken to help somebody take a step closer to Jesus that day. A team effort. And that's good. Yeah. It's just, we have to, we have to just along the way be discerning too. Yes. Whether people are truly seeking God, they're not ready. If they're not ready and it seems like, man, that door was shut, well then you have an opportunity to just pray some more for them behind the scenes, right? Uh, so in number, God, yeah. Let's, number three, yeah. you know, again, once again, find out the need and pray for them, you know. Somebody's talking in a conversation, and somebody is going to tell you about a bad situation in their life. Okay? Great opportunity. I'm glad you told me that. Uh, can I pray for you about that? There's hardly anybody going to say, no, don't pray for me. Then you pray right there, not go home and pray for it. You know who's really good at that? Mr. Brewer is really good at that. I say, you pray for me, he grabs me right now, and he's ready to pray. He's on it. But this is the same way we do. We yeah. pray for them. You find out a need of somebody, and then you say, is that okay? I'm going to pray for you that. And then, then you know what you tell them? Because you have confidence in God who loves this lost person. Now, if he's praying for something that is God's will, okay, situation in their family, and then you tell them, said, you know, when God answers that prayer, will you let me know? Will you let me know that? That just shows the confidence we have in God who wants this person saved. Yeah. And then maybe that opens the door for you to come back next week and say, hey, you know, we prayed about that situation. What happened? Oh, my gosh. You know, this is, this is simple. A team effort. Mm -hmm. Team effort. We can all do it. Every single one of us can do it. Because after you come back and the answer's prayer, and then you can share with them and say, yes, you know, I want to tell you about a time he answered my prayer. This is why I have confidence in his promises. Yeah. Doors open. Yeah. Which brings about the next. You find out where the person is in relation to Jesus. It just gives them, it's a springboard for that. Yeah, that's so true. Because it's like, do you ever think about spiritual things? Mm -hmm. You could ask a question like that. Have you ever been to church or what do you think about God? We have to enter in at some point with the conversation, yeah. right? I yeah. mean, there's that old saying they attributed, I think, to St. Francis of Assisi, preach the gospel at times and if necessary, use words. Well, you have to use words at some point. Words are the only it way you're going to get actions. saved. Yeah, because words are what will save. It's the message of the gospel yep. about forgiveness and what the cross did and who Jesus is that eventually has the supernatural power to work on a heart, Hallelujah. to change the heart. So words are necessary. We cannot just get stuck in this thing of, well, I'm just going to do these outward behaviors and they'll get it. No, they won't get it. They will not get it. We have to move in eventually at some <laughs> point. And sometimes we don't feel like we have the authority. This is where I think the tensions rise. Like, yeah. Uh, what do I say? I don't have the ability. I, I, what if they ask me a question? But here's again the reliance on the Holy Spirit. Yes. It's the 2 Corinthians yes. 3, 5. Look at this scripture. I love this scripture. This is the Apostle Paul writing. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think of anything as being from ourselves, but our sufficiency is from God. There you are. Who also made us what? Able ministers of the new covenant. <laughs> Not of the letter, but of the Spirit, for the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Yes. See, we have to remind ourselves, the Holy Spirit is the one who's at work in me. He's the one working through mm -hmm. me. And when we just share honestly and genuinely from our heart, that's how the Holy Spirit moves, through that <coughs> truth, through yes. honesty, through yes. the genuineness. And the Spirit gives life then to what you're saying. Here's another encouragement of Scripture, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 1. I mean, this is the Apostle Paul who felt insufficient at times. It's hard to imagine 
He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. But he says this, I didn't come with eloquence or superior wisdom as I shared with you the testimony about God. Because I decided to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. There you go. See, this is our, our thing. It's like I'm, I'm testifying about Jesus. And listen to this. I mean, this is amazing. He says, verse 3, I came to you in weakness and in fear and with much trembling. Paul, the apostle Paul. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words. Like he yeah. wasn't trying to be eloquent. He was trusting in the Holy Spirit. Yes. As being sent by him. And when I open my mouth and just say something honestly about what Jesus has done for me in my life, the Holy Spirit will take those words and bring life. Amen. Because it says there, not wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Now, let me tell you so about the demonstration yeah. of the Spirit's power. It's not then all of a sudden something miraculous outward is going to happen. It's just like what Pastor Mamie yeah. said. I'm trusting the Holy Spirit to move in your heart. That's the miraculous thing that's happening. Because the greatest miracle is somebody being born again. Not somebody that is healed. Of cancer. Well, now that's awesome, too. That is awesome, and God likes to do that, and we should yeah. put our faith and trust in that. But yet the greatest miracle is somebody being born again. Yeah. That's the greatest miracle. So the greatest to... miracle. And so now, number five, this is, again, we talked, touched on this earlier. We've got to look for opportunities to share the gospel. We have to look for opportunities to share the gospel and invite them to church. They come into this community, guess what? They're going to get loved in here. They are going to get loved. But we need to ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, I'm asking you to direct their steps and direct my steps so we have this divine appointment. And then I'm going to tell them how good you are. I'm going to talk to them about the gospel. We're going to challenge them because we challenge people at this church. We challenge you to grow as disciples. We challenge you to read the word. We challenge you to believe the word. But if you come in here, we challenge you to make your life right with God. If we need some more tools, look at this next one. Yeah, here's a couple of great yeah. Go ahead. websites. Igniteamerica.org. Or SeekingGod.org. There are videos on there, people's testimonies. There's things to read, blogs. There's a podcast you could link to it. But yeah. all of it to just inspire you on how simple it can be if we just live our life knowing that every day I'm going to cross paths with people. I can share something, just the love of God. Yes. You know, just to say, okay, well, thanks. God bless you. I mean, that can, that can be the beginning of saying something about the Lord, putting, putting God in their thought life. Yeah, come on you now. Know, the question is still good. Do you know where you're going to go when you die? Yeah, that's compelling. There's more people thinking about life than you think. The, people are, are nervous in this time period. People are all uptight in this time. But you know what? We have the peace of God which passes all understanding. And if you come and ask that, you know, and now is the best time for you to tell people your testimony. People are hurting. Lives are confused. They know that they can't trust what's happening in the world. They're looking for a firm foundation. We have the solid rock, Jesus Christ. So we have... Well, here's, here's the thing. You're, you're, you're speaking out is going to have a couple of responses. Some people are going to be really neutral about it. Some people are going to want more. Some people will blow you off. <laughs> Let's just face it. We get this crazy idea that we're Christians. Oh, we're good people and everybody's going to do what. Oh, yeah, everybody's going to want Jesus. No. If you've ever been a salesman, you're going to hear no more than you say, here he is. <laughs> but the response of these people is not up to you. Yeah. yeah. You're just the messenger. Yeah, right. Yeah. You're so, just the messenger. 
<laughs> so we do have some testimonies this morning. And, uh, you know, again, like we've been saying, it's a team effort. And so, Mary, would you come up? And um, Mary was telling me about something this week that... Um, an experience that she had, and this fit perfectly into what we're talking about uh, as far as a, you know, just sharing the love of God in, in an impromptu moment. Yeah. I, was, um, I was in Katanning the other day. I had taken my mom to the hospital and dropped her off for a surgery, and um, I went to McDonald's to get a coffee. So I, I, before I say this, though, I just want to preface this with this morning, that morning I had something happened to me that was, that had really offended me. So like before this happened, I was mad. I was like dealing with like trying to forgive somebody. I was not like all prayed up and, yeah. you know, looking for this opportunity. Yeah, right. So I, I go through, I go to the first window and there's this woman there. And I said, as I'm paying, I was like, how's it going? And she was like, all right, I have a headache. And what did you say to the kid? I have a headache. Oh, I have a headache. Okay. Yeah. She's kind of like, Ugh. Yeah. and so I'm like, I want to share with this woman somehow. And as soon as I thought that thought, all of these objections, like within a split second, rose up in, in my head. And it's like, you're in a drive-thru. That's weird. You're going to hold up the line. Like the last time you tried to do this to somebody in a drive-thru, the lady was like, yeah, I'm good. Shut the window really dramatically. And... Um, and the biggest one was, like, you can't pray for somebody for a headache. You get headaches all the time. Like, I've been dealing with chronic headaches for, like, 10 years. And I'm like, how am I going to pray for this woman? Yeah. But I was like, what the hey? So I said, can I pray for you? And she said, yeah. And I said, what's your name? And she said, Melissa. So I just started praying, Jesus. And it was like, as soon as that beginning came out, I didn't know what I was going to say, but something kind of, I felt like something took over, and it was almost like a blur, like there was a power there that wasn't me, that kind of propelled the, the words that I was saying, and I, I just prayed for her, I prayed for healing, I quoted some scripture, and prayed that God would help her to see that he cares for her, and just all the different situations in her life, and it really wasn't that long, but it just kind of felt like it was blowing out, and then when I was done, I looked up, and there were tears in her eyes, and there were tears starting to come down her cheeks, and I was like, oh. And I was like, is there anything else I can pray for? <laughs> and, and then um, she was like, no, I really appreciate that. And so I go to the second window to, to get the coffee. And there's this guy, I think he was a manager. And I was like, how's it going? <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> He's on a roll now, yeah. <laughs> he was like, ah, oh, everything is crazy in this world. Everyone's kind of down. Everyone's kind of upset. It's just kind of weird. If everything's a million dollars, it's just dragging people down. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, and, and um, I, I just kind of stumbled around and said something about how, you know, we can put our trust in God and that he will so help awesome. us through these things. We were, you know, we were born into this time for a reason, and he was like, yeah, everything's just crazy. Yeah, it was just really bringing people down, and I could tell he wasn't really, like, ready to yeah. talk about it. So I took the coffee and See? drove on. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Thank you, Thank Mary. Thank you, Mary. That's great. <laughs> that is awesome. Perfect example of the team effort. Pastor Ben, when they come up. Pastor Ben has several stories. We were... <laughs> I'll keep it short. No, um, what Pastor Stephen made me talked about, though, with, you know, just the, the one quote about, you know, share the gospel, and if necessary, use words. I would say, because my example is from my workplace, but I really would say that who you are in your workplace will tell people who you really are. And you, I mean, I've, I've worked with other Christians that, you know, I've, I've been shocked to find out that they're Christians because they're <laughs> foul-mouthed, they're stubborn to wow. work with, they're arrogant. And then afterwards, you find out, like, wait, you go to church? Like, <laughs> like you, yeah. you listen and go to church? Like, what has happened? No, but, but, but what I found is that who I try to be, being a Christian at church, opens the door for me. Because then they, they recognize, man, there's something different about you. Like, I've never heard you swear. Like, believe it or not, that stands out to people. Like, or at least, I don't know, maybe at my workplace, which yeah. is locked, or maybe that's just, I don't know. But, Let's clarify something. 
talking about his secular work. His secular work is not, <laughs> not, 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 not what I do at the church, yeah. <laughs> Let's get this straight. Yeah, right. Thank you all. Take care. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> He's bivocational. And yeah, but um, no, but just just to share with it, that's that's like the biggest thing because then whenever they find out who you are, it's like, oh yeah, that makes sense that you you go to church. You know, you you could tell how you act. But the other thing too, what they're saying is like people will tell you what they need prayer for. If if you just actually care about them, like they will tell you what you need prayer for. So just I sh- just to share, there's a an individual that I could tell that something was on their mind. I'm like, hey, are you all right? Just notice something's off. And they shared that they had had a diagnosis where they'd gone to the doctor and they found a malignant tumor. Um, uh, it, was a, it was a woman on her, on her cervix. And she was like, you know, I, I have to have surgery. You know, they, they said they, te- they biopsied it, came back as malignant. Like, it's like something that, it's a big deal, right? So I just said, hey, would you mind, can I pray for you? You know, like, I, I, I know in my life that prayer has worked, and I would love to pray for you. Mm-hmm. And the response was, well, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, because whenever you find people at the right place, they'll just, like, yeah. kind of like Mary, like, yeah, I, I'll take it, you know. So I just I took a little time, went into a meeting room, and just prayed with them. And, you know, time goes, and I didn't feel, you know, the power of God fall, you know, nothing crazy, you know. But my thought was, hey, God, this is you. This isn't on me. I don't have to do the healing. You have to do the healing. Yeah. yeah. And just to, to keep it short with it, it, four weeks later, she had a procedure, you know, and four weeks later, she gets a call. She goes, I see her leave her desk, and she comes back. She's like, I need to talk to you for a second. And I'm like, all right. And she goes, my, that was my, my, the surgeon just called apologizing to me. And I'm like, well, why? Like, well, they said that they removed everything else, but then whenever they tested it, all of it was benign. Nothing, nothing was malignant about any of it. Like, we could have just left it and been fine. And the doctor was like, I'm sorry. You know, we, we, we did the, the two biopsies. It was malignant both times. I am really sorry. I'm sorry. And she was like, I didn't care one bit. Like, I don't care. Like, what, what are you apologizing to me for? She's like, your prayer really worked. And then she came back a week later, and she's like, telling me that, you know, something with the billing, it didn't cover it, and, like, the bill for it was, like, over 10 grand, you know? And, and I was like, well, hey, God, God moved once. You, let's pray again. Yeah. She was oh. like, well, okay, you know, you know? <laughs> so we prayed again, you know, if the God would take care of the bill with it. And then, not, no, I am not exact, not, no joke. Two weeks later, she comes back, and she goes, uh, yeah, I just talked to my insurance there was some kind of a misappropriation on it. I only owed like, you know, $300 for it. She's like, your prayers are working. <laughs> but, and the thing was, is like, but my response at that point is real bold. It was like, you need to get yourself to church. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, I do need to get myself to church. You know what I mean? And, and now she's not in the area here, but like I was able to give her some churches, you know, hey, you need to start going to, you know, here's some options to go. And she was yeah. like, yeah, I do, I do, I do. But Hey, it wasn't me. It was God yeah. going out, going yeah. out to do it. So We're not responsible. It, it, yeah, you're, you're not responsible. Yeah. Yeah, and I didn't feel once. I didn't feel any other of the prayers. Like, oh, yeah. God's good. We, here's the key. We just need to be present. It's not ours to... Re- Tyler, it's not our responsibility to make the result. We just have to be present in a position... And we need to speak up. Amen? So Tyler's testimony comes from a little different angle, but I think this is going to be really helpful because I think we've all gone through this before. Yeah, so I'm going to share one that that is a complete failure on my part on this. Um, Mine's from the workplace. I had a friend. I worked next to him for for a couple years. I mean, we had the office next to each other. We didn't even call each other. We'll just talk through the wall throughout the day. No privacy. We knew each other. I knew what he did. He knew what I did. I mean, it was the, the comical. It's just talk through the wall, laugh Maybe at each other, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah sorry. And uh, anyways, got to know him real well. I'm a big guy. I mean, 6'6", 260 pounds. I wow. mean, he was, he was the boss. He was the tough guy. And, you know, a friend. We drove each other nuts mutually. Good friendship over the years. And uh, it was the Friday before Thanksgiving. He, he says, hey, come here. i got to talk to you so I can grab the other guy on the other corner. And says, and he pulls us into his office and he goes, you got pancreatic cancer. He says, they gave me three months. And uh, 
he said, just want to tell you guys, you know, we work together. Just want to let you know, don't tell anyone, you know, I'm going to work until I can't, but, uh, you know, we've been friends and I wanted to share that with you. So, okay. You know, it's a lot, you know, okay. We move on with our day and then, um, you know, talked here and there. Um, very professional guy, very straightforward, just kept it professional at work. That's what he wanted to do. So he worked up until about New Year's. And then sometime early January, we went out to lunch, <clears throat> field house down there, Cabot. Um, I can remember sitting with him. It was the perfect situation. It was, you know, everything was lined up. We had lunch. He was talking about, you know, he was really grieving for his wife and his kids. His kids were grown, but he was still, you know, really mourning for them. And he was really troubled by it. And I mean, you know, teared up. The big guy was teared up and in his heart. It was, and it queued up perfectly. And we had an, a, the nice pause and conversation you know, we're eating our lunch. It kind of came to a natural spot. Everything had been lined up and put there. I even knew the scripture. It was, you know, Revelation 21.4. You know, just, it was right there. And I caved to that spiritual, that fear, that tension, yeah. the fear of rejection and fear of man. And uh, moved on with lunch. There was the pause. It came and went, the perfect opportunity to just open up and just kind of talk about it. And about two weeks later, you know, he passed on. Really, I, I mean, I remember it to this day. I can see the lunch. I can see the minute. I can remember what we were eating. Everything is there in my mind, and I really regret that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I found out after at the funeral at uh, St. Paul, I was, you know, talking because the priest did such a great job capturing his character, his memory, you know, and I, I talked to him afterwards, and I said, you know, that was a really, you know, really great service. You did a really great job of, of just, you know, celebrating the memory of him. And I kind of shared a little bit of my failure with him. And, and he, he said, you know, hey, don't worry. He, he gave his life to Christ a week ago. So it was awesome. But, yeah. The team effort. Team oh, effort. yeah. No kidding. But, but be, you know, I, I regret, I'll never forget that the rest of my life. I can yeah. see it. I can remember it. And, and I, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, the other team player picked up the end. Amen. Yeah. Amen. It, so. That's awesome. Thank you, Tyler. Thank you, Tyler. <laughs> God puts you in a position for you to speak your faith. He puts you right there. And really, Jesus is counting on you. He's counting on me. Remember what he said? Go. Remember the Apostle Paul. Fear and trembling, I'm coming. Fear and trembling, but he did something. And he trusted the results to God. And that's what we must do. I want this church to be ignited with this. I want this church to be compelled to speak their faith, looking for opportunities. I want this church on fire to be witnesses for Christ. Easter's coming. We've asked you to pray for somebody that you know to have their heart softened enough so that you can Begin to speak with them. Invite them to church. Easter. Invite them to Easter service. They might even ask you, well, what do you mean? They're Easter. What's that about? Whoa, doors wide open. Bring them. Yes. Bring them. Because God wants them. Jesus hung on that cross for that individual. Jesus was beaten to a pulp for that individual. He paid the price that you and I could never pay. Three days in the grave he spent paying the price for all mankind. Your personal sin and my personal sin. Jesus said, I will take that sin myself so they can be free from that. Now it's up to you. Jesus rose the next three days later. And the Bible says he rose again when you were justified. But the catch is, you got to surrender your life to him. You have to give it over to him. You have to admit, I have sinned against you, Lord. I have failed you. I've done it my own way. In a sense, I've been my own God. I made up my own God. I guess, Lord God, I, I see the truth of it all. And I ask you to forgive me of my sins, Lord. Forgive me. 
I've sinned against you. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. And I want you. I want to follow you. I want to take you as my Lord and Savior. I want you to be my God and guide me all the days of my life. If that's you, you ready to give your life to Jesus Christ? He'll do a miracle right here in this room. He'll recreate your inner man. The hidden man of the heart will become brand new. It'll be as if you never sinned. All you have to do is accept Jesus Christ. And you'll be free from the guilt, free from the shame. And God will love you over and over and over. Anybody in here today that want to give their life to Jesus Christ, today is the day of salvation. We just heard a story. Tyler's story. You don't, you're not promised tomorrow. Today's the day of salvation. Anybody at all want to get right with God? Now's the time.